Welcome to episode two of the special coronavirus coverage of the 21st Century HR Podcast. Today, I'm going to be speaking with the Chief People Officer of Delivery Hero, Jerry Doris. Jerry is based in Berlin, but they have operations and employees all around the world and are really on the front line as this unfolds, as they have a global group of employees who are actually delivering uh, food all around the world. So I'm going to talk to her a little bit about what that looks like in the days of coronavirus, how they're protecting their employees, and more after a quick word from our sponsor. 21st Century HR is a podcast exploring how to build better businesses through modern people practices and approaches. It's brought to you by my firm, Amplify. Amplify provides HR executive search and strategic consulting services that help companies build better organizations. From employer brand development and execution to global talent strategies, Amplify develops custom solutions that help clients from Hootsuite to SpaceX optimize their recruiting capabilities. Amplify also hosts a new community for HR leaders called the Ecosystem. The Ecosystem was designed to bring modern HR leaders around the world together to share ideas, inspiration, and support. Learn more at AmplifyTalent.com. Hey everyone, welcome to 21st Century HR Podcast. Uh, I'm excited today to be talking with the Chief People Officer for Delivery Hero, Jerry Doris. Jerry and I had originally scheduled this podcast months ago, and we had a lot of to, we planned on covering around her career, but obviously as the coronavirus has unfolded, we're shifting that and talking more about how she and her company is responding to the coronavirus. Um, just a quick timestamp as the situation is unfolding by the day. It's currently Friday, March 20th. Uh, this episode will be airing on Monday, so any changes that happen over the weekend obviously will not be reflected in this conversation. So, Jerry, uh, thanks so much for joining us. If you wouldn't mind, why don't you give the listeners just a brief introduction and background on you? Yeah, absolutely, and thanks, Lars, for having me. Um, my name is Jerry Doris, and I am the Chief People Officer at uh, Delivery Hero, which we're based in Berlin, and we are the largest online food delivery business in the world outside of, of China, and I oversee all the people functions, communications, and corporate social responsibility here at Delivery Hero. Okay, so that obviously that's a business that uh, is massively impacted by this. And I, and I want to kind of get into your HR response. But before we even do that, I want to just check in with you. you know, how, how are you doing with as, as all this is unfolding? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, as, as well as one can be, can be during this time, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we have our health, we, we have food to eat. And we are in a fortunate state where we're, we're in a government, we're at a government that, that has taken some really good responsibility and some measures to keep us safe. And so, so all things considered, we're, we're doing okay. Okay. So let's get into that model. You gave a brief uh, overview, but for listeners, if, if you wouldn't mind, just talk a little bit about the, the global scale uh, complexity and, and kind of actual service that Delivery Hero provides, uh, just to kind of set that as a foundation. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think most of the listeners probably have not heard of Delivery Hero. Um, that is the corporate brand. We actually consist of 18 brands globally. We um, operate in over 40 countries around the world from Asia Pacific all the way to Latin America. We are based here in Berlin and we are both a marketplace as well as an online food delivery business. But we have shifted over the last year or so into delivering things such as groceries, uh, medical things, as well as um, as well as all the way to flour. So it really depends on the market. We've tried to localize what we deliver outside of food to what are the needs of the consumers on the local side. 
Got it. And so obviously with a, that sort of an operation, you've got employees all around the world. You've got employees that are delivering all over the world. And obviously they're kind of on the front lines of this. Um, as the coronavirus had evolved, and I know in Germany you were, you know, you were pretty much ahead of this compared to a lot of countries. And so you were kind of, uh, it was on your radar. You have operations in APAC, so you were able to kind of track this as it began to expand there. Um, how has it impacted your your operations? How has it changed how how you work? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think everybody can imagine that it's probably been a big shift for us because we we have to make sure everybody in our delivery ecosystem is safe, right? So we've been watching this unfold for the last couple months um, as it first obviously originated in China, which we don't have operations, but um, it quickly then spread to other parts of Asia, which we have a very large part of our business. And so we've been making very quick adjustments. We put together a task force very quickly to kind of identify what were some of the best practices that were unfolding in Asia and how can we get ready in other parts of the world? And so, I mean, it's it's really changed uh, the way we operate. Um, we've added a lot of new features. We've had a lot of new safety features from um, contactless delivery. We implemented that, that over a month ago in many of our markets to cashless. There was a um, cashless delivery. There was that was actually a quite big part of our business in Korea. For example, we were still doing. Um, payment on delivery and about 19% of our, our, our deliveries. And so really trying to change, change the way that we delivered, um, as well as implemented several safety measures for both our riders, but also our restaurant partners, because they are part, an integral part of our, uh, delivery ecosystem. And so making sure that we had hand sanitizers for um, our high-risk markets, for our riders, uh, masks, and we implemented different procedures and processes for them when they do do the delivery, just to keep everybody safe and wiping down anywhere from their, their bikes to um, to the bags, et cetera, to, to you know, really try to minimize any potential risk to both the rider as well as the consumer. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with a workforce like yours, like that you know, that is a, uh, is a, is a massive undertaking uh, to kind of implement those measures at scale. You know, as the situation began to unfold, like take, take listeners behind the scenes a little bit. How did you work with your executive team and your kind of country MDs to, you know, monitor and, and adjust as the situation kind of unfolded across the world? Yeah, I think it's with anything. You try to identify what is fact and what is fiction, right? We're, we were getting a lot of different um, news in and really tried to just tap into the local um, local market and our local leaders to identify really what was what was happening on the ground. Um, and as mentioned, you know, we started talking about this in January, and so. Um, you know, one of those things is you, you hope it doesn't spread. And so I think we we had formed our task force really quite early on. Um, I, as mentioned, I, I oversee corporate social responsibility, which we also see as safety um, and safety to to everybody that's involved in our uh, delivery ecosystem. But I also oversee corporate communications. And so we started putting together a, um, a task force that was informing um, our executive team here in Berlin, but also really um, keeping the lines of communication open within our local local teams, and so um, we are we are one of those companies that are really decentralized for a certain extent with our business strategy, and we have local entrepreneurs that are managing our, our businesses at the local markets. And so, but you know, this was one of those times that we all came together, came very quickly together, and and had a much more of a 
consolidated um, and consistent approach on both um, reactive, pro proactive, and just precautionary measures that we were taking across our markets. And so Asia was kind of our testing ground of making sure how do we move quickly. Um, the governments, many of the governments there um, instituted very quick measures that we had to kind of adjust to, um, but they were the right measures to keep people safe. And so it was, it was, it was a sometimes a day by day situation change, but sometimes it was also an hour by hour. And so, right. um, it was a lot of long, long nights, but I, I was really, really quite, quite, um, you know, fortunate to have such a great team here as well as a team of executives that took it seriously. And so, um, you know, we did daily updates. We continue to do up daily updates just to keep all of our parties informed um, because as this unfolds, it, it really is a global um, pandemic. Yeah. And so with the with the kind of daily updates and internal comms, like I'm curious, like is the are the daily updates, is that within the the executive team or the team that's kind of overseeing the company's response to this? Is it, what What is your communication cadence for, you know, all employees, particularly when you think that your employee base is massive, including like all of the ecosystem of the people that are involved. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a local approach for that, right? Because okay. I mean, each, each country is going to be a little bit different. I mean, you know, one, you know, as of yesterday, we heard that potentially Bolivia is not delivering food, for example, and they were shutting down delivery services. So, um, you know, and then a couple of days ago, it was the Philippines and a couple of days before that was Kuwait. So it really depends on the market. And what we do is we make sure that we have a standard approach of what we consider as absolutely ne necessary to keep everyone safe. Um, and that was, you know, certain measures that we took in place. And so we then give the, the, the flexibility to the local teams to take the next step. If the governments have additional requirements or different uh, or additional um, restrictions, then they obviously have to do those as well. So from a communication standpoint, we are, we have this pretty, um, pretty, pretty in-depth um, internal comms strategy that both taps into our, our CEO here, um, and he's been doing, he's starting to do daily video updates just to kind of really thank the teams because they are working around the clock to to really support um, our delivery ecosystems globally. But we also are, are making sure that our local CEOs, right, so our entity MDs and our entity CEOs are also communicating, communicating frequently to, to their teams. But it is a really consistent message. And so that's where we are driving consistency in terms of, of what we're saying, but how they say it is really up to them on, on the local markets. Got it. Okay. And are you using any uh, particular tools or technology for kind of managing that, that messaging and I guess just kind of remote work in general for people that are, are in countries where they're not able to come into an office? Yeah. So most of our countries have moved to to work from home. In Asia, we, we had seen them start to go back to the office, um, both in Korea and in Singapore, for example, where what some of our largest offices are. Um, but we're starting to see that kind of them shift back to work from home. And so um, we use every tool that's out there that you can imagine. We are big, big, big proponents of Slack, um, as I know you are as well. And um, But we also, you know, we use Workplace, which is a Facebook tool that yep. we've been really trying to develop and encourage um, communities. I've, it's been really fascinating to watch just how people work and how people connect. And one of the things that we've been really focusing on is wellness, right? Uh, this is a very stressful time. We have a lot of employees that live by themselves. It can be very isolating. So 
we um, are starting to do a wellness campaign as of next week, at least for here, our employees here based in Germany and providing them opportunities to use Headspace, which is a meditation app that really focuses on, on, on mental wellness, right? Um, and some of our other markets are, are doing other measures similar to that. And so, you know, we, we, we find when you are work from home, communicating often and frequently and staying in touch is the way to, way to make it work. And I think, I think so often what we hear, especially with virtual work before we, we got, we got put into this position, which we're forced to do was people always felt that they didn't have the control of understanding of what productivity looked like. And I think now we're in a, in a situation in which we just have to trust each other, which I really find um, really kind of refreshing, but it's also been an interesting, <laughs> to, to put my, my HR hat on, been an interesting um, development, right? And I, and I we've been touching, um, doing different surveys and really trying to, to capture of what's going well and what's not going well. Our workplace strategy team um, has really focused on environment where it usually was a physical environment. Now they're focused on the environment for our virtual teams. Right? So, for example, my team, we do a virtual coffee every month, every morning. I've met every one of my uh, team members, kids this way. I mean, we, yeah. we are all working from home and it is reality. Right. So um, and I think it's just really showing that. Um, we are all human and that, you know, the facade that you may occasionally put up at work is no, not, not needed in this environment. So using whatever tool you can find out there, we do Zoom a lot, um, which I think is probably a very popular tool right now. But we also use Hangouts. And so it really just depends on whatever medium we can use. We do do video chats as much as we possibly can to really make sure you get that that. Um, that feeling that you're physically with that other person, um, but communicating often and frequently and keeping people updated and then really trying to think about their wellness from a, a mental perspective is, is been something, some of the, some of the, the efforts that we've been doing here. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that as well, because I think that that mental health aspect is so important. And I mean, let's, let's be real about this. Like we're, we're all experiencing something that, none of us have ever experienced as humans, right? Like it, it's it, the way that we're adapting our business and our families and our work life and our school life for if we have kids and our, our home life. It's just, it it changed overnight for a lot of people. And so that's, that's a lot to process. And so I, I think having, uh, I think companies that have these mental health support uh, resources, I think, are really important because I think that uh, you know employees are going to need them. They're going to need that to know not just that they have access to those things, but that their their employers understand what they're going through and empathize with that and and want to help them, whether they take advantage of them or not. Yeah, and I think that's been part of the conversation, right, um, from the early start, is that um, before we were forced to work from home or really um, mandated it. Um, we provided that as an option and, and said, hey, like if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling like you feel more safe at home, then then you are empowered to do that. And I, I think so often the conversation, especially with, um, you know, different peers or colleagues around the world, it's 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 managing the the you know, if you have kids, managing the kids and also the work life balance becomes a, it becomes a little bit of a different different balance, a different juggling game. But I really do think that for those that are living by themselves, that are a little bit more isolated, that are used to going into the office and enjoyed looking for that, um, this is a time that can be really um, quite 
quite lonely. And so making sure that people have the resources and tools out there that that, um, that they can check in. And so I know there's quite a few few apps out there. A lot of them are are actually quite are running free campaigns right now. So if you don't have the resources or means within your own HR community, um, look, there's a lot of tools out there right now that are free because they understand um, that it is a stressful time and it's an anxious time. And so um, you know, if you don't have the means to, 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 to spend money on this from a budget perspective, um, I think that there's ways to, out there to provide resources for your employees, even without spending money. Yeah. And let, let's talk about resources a little bit more. I mean, you've obviously, you've been tracking this for quite some time. Uh, you, you are in a position where you need to have a, uh, a truly kind of global lens on the situation as it's unfolding so that you can prepare the business for how it might impact um, what resources are you, are, are your kind of go-to resources, whether they're, you know, websites, uh, uh, you know, journalists, whoever, like, are, are there any resources you recommend HR and business leaders kind of bookmarking, um, to help them keep tabs on how this is evolving? Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that we talked about early on was making sure that we identified as mentioned what was fact and what was not, and what was fiction. And so, um, local government um, updates are are quite quite um, are quite accurate in terms of their updates because you can see the numbers. Um, for us, we we follow the World Health Organization, right? We are a very global business, and so um, we've been following what they have been recommending. We had put travel restrictions in quite early on, and we were following basically what they identified as high risk, and we had already put together a matrix of high, low, medium risk. And there are a lot of websites out there. I would recommend anybody who is not, um, who is anywhere in the world, your local government is generally the best resource for there. Um, But, you know, the World Health Organization is going to be your primary source for up-to-date information of what's actually happening. Um, And if you want to stay up-to-date on the coronavirus. So that's the one that I think we've we've tracked the most. There are a lot out there, um, which is good and also challenging. Um, And so we've been providing these tools to to our employees, right? So each time we... um, Going back to your question about our internal communication, so what we we had been doing um, is we had been sending out an email from our CEO to give people the update of this was before we we closed our offices of hey what's happening what you know what's our men, you know, mentality how are we doing as a business um, and then we would follow up from our our safety team um, so this was part of the task force that was really focused on safety and they would provide facts and these all things have to be. Um, you know, based on on resources and based on facts. And so we've been very, very careful to to provide um, the right resources to our employees and making sure that they are staying up to date on what what is factual and what is not. And so I think the best thing that we can do as HR leaders, as business leaders, is to communicate, communicate often, but communicate with facts and being as calm as we possibly can during this um, time of crisis, right? So um, you know, I, I do think that providing your teams with resources and tools to stay up to date is absolutely the right thing to do. You know, and for you, like one of the things that I think is since we're really in, uh, you know, as an industry, we're kind of in uncharted territory here. And I think we're a lot of us are looking to each other for, um, you know, for guidance, for inspiration, for ideas, for mm-hmm. support. Um, where are you finding your community right now in terms of? Uh, you know, HR leaders and kind of how to respond. 
Yeah, no, I think that that's, I think that's a really great question. Uh, and, and it's something that I've been fortunate to work with a lot of amazing people throughout my career. And I've tapped into my, my network quite a bit to kind of see how things are going elsewhere in the world. Um, another company that I think a lot of us have probably turned to because it is the largest remote, um, all remote business in the world is GitLab. And if you guys have not checked out um, their website yet, I would recommend checking them out. Um, they have their, their, they are a little over a thousand people. They are fully remote um, and they have a lot of guides and um, just concepts and, and tools for as we shift to this all remote business. And so um, that is, I, I talked to their head of remote, um, Darren Murph, a, a couple of weeks ago and just kind yeah. of picked his brain on, hey, how do you guys make this work? How do you really think about engagement? Um, and of course, this will look different for for everybody. And and so I I do I do I do think that there's a lot of cool companies out there that people might not know of. I mean, GitLab is a is a DevOps um, company that um, we happen to use here at Delivery Hero. Uh, and this was obviously no plug for them. It's more of a plug the fact that they are all remote and they make it work. And I really do believe that remote and virtual work is for everyone. And so if you have not checked out their website. Darren is constantly updating um, their their handbook and their their remote um, toolkit, and so it is a great. And he really sees it as as his as his mission, right, to kind of evangelize why why remote work can work for everybody. Um, but it is a mindset change, and so I would say that's been kind of one of my bigger inspirations of really thinking about um, how as we shift the way we work. Um, we have to think differently. And I found them to be really a, a very cool inspiration of how they work because they are over 60 countries. They, they, they question whether or not they need to have meetings all the time. They document everything. Um, and they have a lot of good tools and resources out there to, as you guys, as we all shift to this remote work of, of how to, how to make it work. Yeah, no, that's a great uh, suggestion. And Darren's great. Darren, you know, literally is the guy who wrote the book on remote work uh, even before getting there. So he's uh, he's a wealth of information. And I, and I love their, uh, you know, open source approach around um, how they kind of peel the curtain back and just share how they do all the things. Because obviously this whole situation caught a lot of companies flat footed as it relates to remote work. You know, many were maybe dabbling in it. And now it's like, there's no more dabble. Like this is this is our reality for a while. So um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a great recommendation for you. You know, you're, you're a seasoned people leader. This isn't, uh, you know, this is your first time dealing with a situation like this, but certainly not your first time dealing with, uh, you know, adversity and helping companies overcome that. I think when a lot of listeners, um, are seasoned people leaders and a lot of them are, are mm -hmm. you know, maybe in their first head of people role, head first, you know, CPO role, what advice do you have? for them, for those leaders who are kind of dealing with, uh, adversity, uh, certainly, you know, scaled adversity for the first time in their career, what advice might you have for them, um, in terms of, you know, kind of keeping themselves and their business, um, you know, on the right path during this? Yeah. I mean, I think it is, it's a, it's a balance and, and, you know, there are things in which you'll get right and there are things in which you won't get right. And that's okay. And I think authenticity, transparency, um, is re and empathy are probably your three main things that you need to walk in during this time. And I think, um, and being being um, being really uh, connected with with your leadership team is also super important. And um, I find sometimes, you know, we are 
often the voice of empathy um, in in times like this because we we are trying to have that balanced approach of both the business as well as keeping our people safe and and um, I would say tap into your network but also think about you know you we you also are an employee we are also employing come from that perspective um, and I think the other part of it is what, you know the times of crisis it, it can be really stressful right and and acknowledge your feelings and understand that we are all feeling it um, and you know find time to 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 do whatever you need to do may it be you know mindfulness approach may it be working out in your in your home. Um, I do find that to be something else that has helped me in times of crisis, really trying to maintain some sort of routine that I can um, find that balance. But more importantly, um, when I think about the ways that we communicate, the, the, the processes or the policies, which I hate to use that word, um, but sometimes it's really needed in times like this, um, walking in authenticity, being as transparent as possible, but more importantly, being empathetic about our, our people and, 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 and whoever you may impact in your business is really important as, as you weather through the crisis. Great. Well, Jerry, I really appreciate you, you know, making time for this. And I have a lot on your plate right now. So thanks for, for sharing your, your experience, what you're doing. I think it's going to help listeners a lot. So I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Lars. Thanks for listening to this episode of 21st Century HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this or read stories from the 21st Century HR Fast Company series, go to 21stCenturyHR.com. And if you want to make your podcast just a little more awesome, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or whatever podcast platform your ears desire. You'll find all the subscribe links on the website. And if you enjoy the podcast, do me a favor and share it with your peers, your network, your boss, and your CEO. Help me get the podcast into the ears of anyone who wants to know what HR and recruiting looks like when done really well. They'll thank you for it, and so will I. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next episode.